You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. Tonight we went over meditation instructions, instructions for Zazen. And though I suppose everyone who presents these has their own quirks in the presentation, these are basically the same uh, instructions that have been handed down for 800 years. They're very concrete. It's hold your hands like this and arrange your feet like this and think about your posture like this. It's very physical and it's very simple. And I wanted to just say a few words about my understanding of why. Because it's my experience, you know, having offered these instructions to a lot of people over the years, that some people find them frustrating. It feels like, I think people imagine that what we did tonight is probably the first 25%. And then there's going to be a discussion of the mind. <laughs> And what's going on in your mind and how it's going to feel when we meditate and what we're going to see when we meditate and, and the outcomes that we're going to have when we meditate and what we're aiming for. And yet, at least in this tradition, there's a resistance to that. There's, there's always this sense that that's not, not something that we want to offer up. And the simple explanation is that it, it cheats you. If I tell you how I think Zazen is supposed to feel, for example, I can only do that based on my own experience of how it feels for me. And once I've done that, I've set you off on a path probably for years of trying to make it feel like he said it would feel until finally you bump into a wall and you realize it will never feel the way that he said and you let go and then your practice starts then it starts that day or if I tell you that if you sit long enough you'll start to see this or this will become clear to you or you'll have this effect in your ordinary life you'll look for that and either you won't find it because i lied or you will find it because it's a placebo effect and you just completely believe it and in this way with one sentence or two sentences i've shaped and narrowed your life. So I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I hope I won't do it. I try not to do it. I don't want to take that away from you. That doesn't mean there's nothing there. At least in my experience. But, but I also need to be open to the possibility that... If I spend 30 years doing this practice and you spend 30 years doing this practice, that we may not see the same things at the end because I only get to do this once. 
as far as I know. So there's that. There's that side of it, that kind of frustrating, open-ended, am I doing this right side of it? Because right seems so limited. You know, am I, am I sitting up straight? Am I breathing the way that he explained? Well, maybe that's right. Maybe that's enough. That can be uh, freeing and it can also be maddening, depending on where you are on any given day. So I apologize. But I also wanted to speak a little bit to the question, the larger question of why do this at all? And again, I want to be careful because I don't want to commit a theft But I also want to just be honest and say that if, for example, if you just want to feel better, you know, if, if you're suffering from ennui, if you just think, well, maybe if I meditate, I'll, I'll, I'll be a happier person. Maybe, but there are easier ways to do that. I would say to join a gym. That's probably a straighter road to just generally feeling better and a really good one. If you want to have some sort of wild exploration of the mind, and and plumb the depths of where your mind can go. There are things you can do that, again, are aimed at just that. Some are practices. Some are pharmacological. If that's the goal, you may be approaching it via a slow route. I heard a teacher say today, I was, I was listening to someone's talk, and she was talking about the state of Buddhism in the world. And, uh, and she made this comment. She said, we don't have the luxury of liberation for liberation's sake. This was, I thought that was great. Very provocative statement. She was saying that, you know, we we may have this image of someone who goes and meditates in a cave and they just, you know, they, they figure things out. They go to the depth of their experience and they do it because it's there. It's the, it's the Everest of the mind. And that's kind of beautiful. But her point was, there are actually things that need to be done in the world. And they have to be done now, whether you're enlightened or not. 
and whether you figured things out or not. For me, when I first came to this practice, I was 17 years old. And what I remember about that first day of sitting in a room very much like this, in a group very much like this, was that A, I hated it. It was uncomfortable, and we sat much too long, I thought. And I didn't get what I was supposed to be doing. It was as if my mind itched from the experience. That was part one. Part two was that it felt like a very honest thing to do. And I walked out the door thinking, I think I need to do this again. For some reason, it resonated with me as... a way of confronting who I was. I think that if this feels honest to you, even if it feels incredibly frustrating, then choosing to stick with it is a way of choosing to to stick with honesty. to stick with that sense, that intuition that you have, that sense in your gut that there are certain things, there are certain gaps between what you know you could do or what you should do and what you're actually doing. In the world. Sitting here in this room does not save the world. Though that would be great. But if sitting here in this room in some way leaves you feeling connected to the part of you that that is working to act on your better impulses. that is questioning everything else in your life that you resist because it's frustrating or because it's hard, then I think there's, there's something there. There's something there worth exploring, something worth considering something worth coming back to. The question for me always is, how can I help? And very often my response is, I don't know. You know, I look at things out there and I think, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure what my response is. But I associate this practice, for myself anyway, with not shutting down that question. 
That's all really simple. It's not as deep as I'd like it to be. But but that's my basic understanding of how this works. There's no magic. And though there will be days, I hope, when it feels really good, because those days are encouraging, there will also be days when you think, what am I doing? But I have those days anyway. Here I choose the question, and I'm grateful for that. And I'll stop there. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.